Good morning again. It is. It's great to be here today. I hope you're excited about being in the Lord's house today. I hope that you have your Bible with you. If you don't, um, reach up there in one of them chairs in front of you and get one. Um, Psalms, the 33rd chapter. Psalms chapter 33. If you open to about the middle of um, the Bible, you will find the book of Psalms. After you find Psalms chapter 33, you might want to find Psalms chapter 146. We'll read from it um, in a, a little bit. God's word trumps all. Yeah, now that's a play on words, but that's intended to be a play on words too, folks. Um, you know, God's word trumps all, including the president. You know, and so I understand right now there's a lot of people who want to talk about the first 50 days in office, and then they want to talk about the first 100 days in office. And, and you know, and, and I understand that in, in a presidency that that's things that everybody wants to talk about, but. After hearing so much talk, I really thought that it was necessary to um, clear up some of the facts. And to clear up some of the facts, you know, um, a lot of times you'll see um, little articles, they have the fact checks, they say this is what was said, and here's the, you know, and, and um, well, it was kind of half truth, it was, well, look folks, there's no half truth, either it was truth or it wasn't the truth, and I mean, you know, and so even when they do the fact checks, sometimes I'm not sure what they were trying to tell me, because they're not sure what they're trying to tell you, and so, you know, but, but I really am tired of hearing people say um, they want to make America great again. Because I'm just here to tell you, folks, 98% of everybody that um, is saying that in some national um, light, um, they have no idea what that means. <laughs> they are clueless. Um, you know, and so because I'm here to tell you this morning that the only thing that will make America great again is if we make America godly again. And so until we figure that out, none of the rest of this is really going to matter. Psalms, the 33rd chapter, beginning down at um, the, the 12th verse. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who formed the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is vain for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death. And to keep them alive in famine. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for that word. I thank you for the reality of that word. Father, I just pray that right now, whatever reality we have about life, that, Father, if it's not your reality, that um, you'll change that. Father, that um, if, if we've placed our hope in anything other than the name of Jesus Christ, Father, this morning, I just ask that um, you'd dispel that. That, Father, that, that's just nonsense and it's not truth. Because um, the Lord God, the God of Israel, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, Father, our God, our God is the God that saves. Father, our God is the Father of Jesus Christ. And, um... Father, Jesus Christ is the living um, Son of God. So, Father, I just pray that in all things, that, Father, we never forget those truths. 
that, Father, we realize where hope is found. Father, um, help us to place our lives in that hands, in the hands of Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. You know, that scripture um, begins with a, a simple opening. It says, blessed is the nation whose? And, and how does it continue after that? Does it say things like, blessed is the nation whose president is Trump? Or blessed is the nation whose stock market is doing good. Or blessed is the nation that repeals Obamacare. Or blessed is the nation that um, gets their jobs back from Mexico. Or blessed, no, it doesn't say any of those things, folks. It says blessed, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You know, and verse 22 just makes that real clear because at the end he says, we hope in you. He said, we hope not in any of those things or in any of those people or in any of, we hope in our God. If our hope is placed in any other place than God, um, we're in trouble. I'll be honest with you folks. I struggle with many of the same things everybody else struggles with. You know, and, and you know, I know at times people think pastors don't struggle and we've got it all figured out. But let me just tell you, folks, we have some of them same every day. Demco sends me a bill every month. Ward 2 sends me a bill every month. Yeah, it's all the same stuff. I mean, you know, what's going to happen to health care? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. It. You know. My insurance company basically um, last year forced me to go to um, the Affordable Care Health Plan. I mean, you know, I really didn't have any option in, 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 the, in the thing. And so, you know. To me, it was really interesting. I finally um, get to the point that I said, okay, um, and then what are they going to do? They're going to do away with it. You know, and, look, I don't know what that means. You know, what they're going to replace it with. Is it going to be better or worse? We, they don't have a clue, and we don't have a clue. And so, you know, that, that's just the reality of it. And so I understand that, but what am I going to do? Well, this verse tells me. It says, blessed is the person whose God is the Lord and who hopes in him. I know it says nation, but you realize a nation is nothing more. It's kind of like saying church. When we say Live Oak Baptist Church, this building really doesn't care, folks. <laughs> this building has no feelings. The carpet doesn't. Even when you walk on the carpet, it doesn't go ooch, ow, ow. None of that matters. We are the church. Okay, and so when we say blessed is the nation, it's talking about the people. It's not talking about some entity. So when you can read that verse and literally put your name in it. Blessed is Howard if his hope is in the Lord. I mean, and, and so that's the, look, I can't fix what's broken in much of America, folks, and you can't fix much of what's broken in, but you know, I have a choice, I have a choice whether I'm going to trust the leaders of this nation or trust God, <laughs> and to me, that's a no-brainer, I mean, yeah, I just, one of them has a little bit better liability factor, reliability factor than the other one, yeah, that, it says, in, in Psalms 146, let's flip over to 100, Psalms 146, go down to the third verse, Psalms 146, the third verse, it says, do not put your trust in princesses, that could be presidents or a lot of others, it, says, it means that's the elected people, it says, do not put your trust in princesses and human beings who cannot save, you know, so I have a choice and you have a choice. We can either um, trust them or we can trust God. I mean, you know, mortal men, but, but the verse doesn't stop there. The verse continues and goes on. It says in verse 5, Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who um, are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigners. 
and some and sustains the the fatherless and the the widows but be, he frustrates those in the ways of the wicked the lord reigns forever your god o zion for all generations praise the lord you know it is vain it is vain to trust in kings that's what the scripture says it's vain to trust in um donald trump Okay, and look, I have nothing against Donald Trump. This is not a political um, statement, but I mean, yeah. It is vain to trust in men, especially those who have no record of righteousness. Now, uh, again, I, I am thankful for, for the election from the sense of, of who lost. Um, and, I, you know, I'm just, y'all know me, I say it the way it is. And so no good was going to come from a Hillary administration. She had always made it perfectly clear what she thought about God. She made it perfectly clear where she stood on abortion. She made it perfectly clear that she thought um, anybody that should be on the Supreme Court should have no affiliation with God and should not believe in the godly principles that our nation was founded on and, and, and freedoms and all of those kind of things. But I'm not ready to um, run out and say that the nation won. You know, I, I'm not there either, folks. And, and so, you know, I, my goal is to not be political. But if we want America to be great again, we must seek to be godly again. If we want America to be great again, we must be godly again. That statement applies to my personal life and your personal life and everybody else's life. It's not a blanket statement that goes to this entity called America. I mean, that, that statement belongs to people, to human beings, you know. It probably applies more to me and you than it does the rest of the nation. I mean, you know, that's what, you know, I truly hope that America wins. I hope that the unborn win. I hope for prosperity. I hope the Supreme Court turns back to godly principles in making decisions. I want to be optimistic, but I have to be realistic. And I just sense that there's a large section of people in America, and realistically, a large section of those people in America would be considered conservative American, Americans, which too often translates to Christian Americans and the Christian right. And they have begun to put their faith in the government. And when that happens, it scares me to death. I, I shudder to think what happens when God's people have started putting their trust in, in what we call America and whatever you call America and however you define that instead of God. But I really think that's where I'm, because I talked to a lot of people and I just felt compelled to come back and talk about this this morning because I find a lot of people and I don't hear conversations about, well, I'm, I'm trusting that God's going to take care of that. I'm, you know, God, I'm praying about that. God's, it's, well, what's the government going to do about this? And what's the government going to do about that, folks? That's a sad place to be. I, I understand why there's a lot of people out there that are miserable and are confused and are frightened and all that. If, if that's where you've got your trust and your faith, um, you're in a bind. I mean, yeah, and so, you know, I, I laugh about it at times when me and Miss Dolly voted, um, um, we voted for the vice president. You know, you kind of voted for the right, and you just kind of had to take the other guy that came along with him because we at least wanted to vote for godly principles and godly values and, and, and righteousness. And, you know, Christians must always vote principle over pocketbooks. And sometimes we don't do that. 
Sometimes we um, crunch the numbers and see how this is going to affect me financially or how it's going to affect me socially or how it's going to affect me. And, and then, then we make the decisions. And look, is it wrong to, to, to hope for and to vote for prosperity and pray that businesses will grow and that businesses will hire people? Um, no. Well, let me tell you what the Scripture clearly says. The Scripture clearly says it is God that brings the increase, not jobs and government. Says so God does that. I mean, in my lifetime, there was a time in America when people, and they probably still do in some respects, but there was a time in America where people specifically cared more about the, the Dow Jones than they did Paula Jones. Okay? It didn't matter about Paula Jones. As long as the economy's good, as long as I'm getting raises, it's fine. I don't care what they do up there in the White House. You know, well, folks, that's. I wonder if we're just not making some kind of circle and loop here, and, and, and it frightens me when we get that. I mean, are we really going to rejoice as long as um, our paychecks keep coming and as long as we keep getting raises, as long as they fix um, the health care system and as long as um, our retirement account? Are, are we really going to still rejoice if our, the, the morality of our country goes in the ditch while that takes place? I hope not. I, I hope not, folks. I hope that um, what, what's matter, it, America will become great again, and it will only happen if America becomes a godly nation again. Yeah. Now, look, there's a lot of positive about America, and so, and so don't ever um, think that, that I, I don't think otherwise. America, with all of its faults, is still the greatest nation on planet Earth and is still the greatest place to live. And America is great for a lot of reasons. America is great for her beauty. You know, if you have the opportunity to ever take a ride, take a ride. You know, because, I mean, it doesn't matter where we just came back from and, and whether you can go up the Oregon coast and look at the big waves and the rocks or whether you can go across um, the Hood River Valley or whether you can go up um, and, and see the glaciers or whether you can come down Yellowstone and, and see the Grand Tetons and, and, and the Green River in Utah. It doesn't matter whether you can go over to, to Minnesota and Maine and see all the lakes. It doesn't matter whether you go to the Grand Canyon. Uh, you just pick any. You can come down here to Louisiana. I'm telling you, folks, there's nothing more beautiful than a sunrise on the bay. I mean, you know, it, it's them cypress trees and, the, and the, uh, maybe a duck will fly. Every state in our nation has beauty, has great beauty. And I mean, that's good, but that's not what makes America great. But also, let me tell you this, all of that beauty came from the creator. <laughs> I mean, that's where it came from to originate. So if you're going to even talk about that, it's only because of God that America has all of that beauty. You know, and, and, and so America is not great because of beauty, because um, let me just tell you, folks, <laughs> The Bible says beauty can be deceitful and evil can go all the way to the bone. <laughs> you know, and so when you look at something, that's not what makes America great. Uh, America is great for our freedom. America is great for our freedom. The United States of America is over 240 years old. And while well, some of you are thinking that is a long time, well, that's a very short time in the span of history. And it's really a short time in the span of eternity. And so when you look at America and compare it to, to nations like um, Greece and, and, and Egypt and Rome and, and China and some of I mean, we, we just, we just, we're an infant. I mean, we, we just getting going good. And so I was trying to, how do you explain to somebody how young America really is? And so I, I wrote this down because I, I, I think this does a, a decent job of trying to explain it. When Thomas Jefferson died, Abraham Lincoln was 17. When Lincoln was assassinated, Woodrow Wilson was eight. 
By the time he died, Ronald Reagan was 12, and when Reagan was in office, our current president was becoming a billionaire. That's five people. That's five people, and we just covered the entire history of America. I mean, when you put it in that perspective, that's not very long, folks. That's not, but, you know, as much as I can tell you that, America stands tall in history, and it stands tall in history because of the principles on which it was founded. You know, there's a, a real trend in America today that's anti-Americanism and to be anti-patriotic, and, and to deny American sovereignty. And it, it's so, it, if you're on any of them bandwagons, that seems to be the popular thing. You know, they, I watch these commercials where they want to do the DNA. You know, look, don't you want to find out where you're from so you can know? Look, I know where I'm from, folks. I came from God. Noah's my great, 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 great grandfather back there somewhere. I know where I come from. I don't need to know anything other than that. You know, but, but I don't understand why we want to rewrite America and they want to rewrite America to undermine the, the character and the integrity of our founding fathers. They want to say that our founding fathers didn't um, come to America and didn't create America because of godly principles and they, oh, they were just a bunch of rich, greedy folks and they wanted to come over here and make money. And they, Look, that's nonsense. When you go back and study the founding fathers and, and, and you look, I could preach for about four hours this morning, but I promise I won't. But 24 were lawyers, nine were landowners, several were rich farmers, 11 were merchants, many were physicians. There was a couple ministers in the bunch. And you know, all but two that signed all the original documents had families. They were family people. They were family people, and they were already um, educated. These were men in good standing in the community. These were men that, that had enough wealth. They were well taken care of. But they felt there was something more important than all of that. It was called freedom. It was called freedom, folks. They knew the penalty for treason. And they knew that the penalty for treason was hanging, you know, till you died. I mean, they understood what the penalty was. I mean, when you think back of who signed that document, you know, John Hancock signed it. And, you know, he signed it twice as big as anybody else. And his remark was, he says, I won't... Um, he, he said, I, I want the king to be able to read it without putting his glasses on. <laughs> you know, he said, I want to make sure he knows. I mean, you know, there, there were so many people. When, when those documents were signed, there were four rich um, merchants in, in New York that signed a document, even as there was British ships landing in the harbor. All four of them were um, captured, tortured, and killed. But they still, they, they knew the consequences, folks. They knew the consequences, and, and, and they, they, they still did it. You know, I'm just telling you, um, people and some of our young people, you need to understand, and you look at, you need to understand when you see the American flag and there's red stripes on it, there's a reason those stripes are red. Because somebody shed their blood, gave their life, so that you have the freedom that you have today. I mean, that, that it came at a cost, and... You know, and when people want to burn the flag today in demonstrations and claim it's um, freedom of speech, folks, um, I'd give you a different phrase for that. But, you, you know, I just, it's an insult to who we are as Americans. It's an insult. It's what America was formed on and founded on. That flag stands for the home of the free and those that are brave. It stands for our nation, folks. America is great for its freedoms. But if we truly want to be great again, we must seek to be godly again. Because America is great for her God.
That's the reality, folks. America is great for God just as they want to rewrite history to undermine the character and the values of um, the founding fathers. They want to rewrite our history spiritually. They want to rewrite history and tell us that our nation wasn't really founded on God. I'm not sure I can, I don't understand why people can't accept the roots. <laughs> you know, it, you everybody can accept the roots unless the roots are American. I mean, the president of South America a number of years back wrote, he says, people came to my country looking for gold. Those who came to America were looking for God. Now, that's sad when the president of another country can look at our country and understand the history and understand the reality when our own nation and our own people don't. Yeah, it, it's yeah, America. You go back to the beginning of time, 1620, the first pilgrims landed on, on, on the Atlantic coast and, you know, they, they signed the Mayflower Compact. The second paragraph of that compact says this, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Now, I mean, now why did they land on that shore? For the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith. 44 died within the next Five months. 58 survived. 58 survived. But less than a year later, when they finally harvested their first 21 acres of corn, do you know what those people did? These people that, for some reason, the world wants to tell you weren't godly. Done, you know, history says that they ran through the cornfields and sang the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell within. You know, those 58 um, people um, gathered with um, about 80 Indians. And if you go get one of your kids' history books today and read about Thanksgiving, it's going to tell you that they gathered to be thankful for each other. And the pilgrims gathered to be thankful um, that the Indians had helped them plant corn and, and to be grateful. That's not what any of the original documents show. The original documents show that those 138 people gathered for three days of prayer, praying, fasting, and preaching. That's what it says. It says that's why they gathered. They didn't gather to thank each other. They gathered to thank God. They were grateful for who God was. 200 years later, Abraham Lincoln, um, about 200 years later, um, officially declared Thanksgiving. Abraham Lincoln was a great theologian. Now, I wouldn't have always thought that, but, but let me just tell you what he wrote when he declared the first Thanksgiving. We have been recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers. Wealth and power as no other nation in history records. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace, multiplied us, and enriched us, and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by our superior wisdom and virtue of our own intoxication with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel necessary for the redeeming and preserving grace of God, too proud to pray to the God that made us. Where are we at today? Where are we at today, folks? I mean, um, you know, 
A lot of Christians have been intimidated into believing this nonsense about separation of church and state. That doesn't show up anywhere in the Constitution. You know, the, the, the whole phraseology that comes from there came from a letter that, that, that Thomas Jefferson wrote to actually um, the local Baptist Association to assure them that that wouldn't happen. That that wouldn't happen, you know, that he would keep the government out of the church. And he was saying in today's English, he says, he says, there will never be a government-sponsored church like you had back in England where everyone was forced to attend and support. He was saying that he would keep the government out of church, not that he would keep the church out of um, the government. You know, um, there is a separate thing as separation of church and state, but it's a one-way street. It was never intended to be a two-way street, you know. And I could give you all kind of examples. If you go back to Jamestown, the first um, municipal building that was built was a church. Um, the Puritans' first act on Plymouth Rock was to, um, to kneel, praise God, and dedicate their community to God. Roger Williams was a Baptist um, minister who established Rhode Island. Lord Baltimore um, established Maryland. William Penn, who was a Quaker, um, established um, New York, Delaware, Connecticut, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. It's pretty obvious that um, Christianity birthed America. I mean, the, the record is pretty clear. Twelve of the original 13 con um, colonies had the entire Ten Commandments as part of their moral low law and conduct. Uh, you, you know, it's it just, again, our first president. There was no precedence when we had our first president, but our first president swore the oath on the Bible. He could have picked anything he wanted, but he chose the Bible because it was what our nation was founded on. But you know the first act he did after he was sworn in? The first act. Now they run and go sign some executive order, but his first act was to hold a two-hour prayer and worship service in the Capitol. America was founded on godly principles, folks. You know... It, it it goes through history. I mean, in my lifetime, literally, in my lifetime, um, the phrase, in God we trust, was added to our coins. You, you know, um, 11 of the first 13 colonies, um, it was required by law that you were had to be a Christian to hold a political office. <laughs> How would that work today, folks? <laughs> we get rid of most of the politicians anyhow. I mean, um, you know, but the, the, the Continental Congress, now, think about when the Continental Congress was. Go back and do your history. Appropriated $300,000 of taxpayer money for what they deemed as the most beneficial thing to the nation called America. It was to purchase Bibles to distribute to the American people because they knew if the people knew the Word of God, America would be great. You know, I... You know, I, I could just go on and on. I mean, John Adams wrote, 94% um, of all of the documents that the founding fathers wrote have a quote from the Bible in them. 94% of all documents written by our founding fathers have a quote from the Bible. The Liberty Bell <laughs> has Leviticus 25, part of it in, 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 inscribed on it. Yeah, it just goes on and on and on. The Supreme Court over the entrance where, where, to the building ha has a, a picture of Moses and the lawgivers. You know, and I think that's real interesting because I think they must sneak in a back door somewhere and miss that. I mean, you know, because there's no other explanation for, for the way they, they, they deal with things. But, you know, our second president wrote, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. 
it is wholly inadequate to govern any other. From the beginning. And, and look, and, and I can tell you about John Quincy Adams and, and Woodrow Wilson and Thomas Jefferson and Calvin Coolidge. I, I can give you a quote from every one of them that they all acknowledge that. Franklin Roosevelt on D-Day, okay? Now, our nation will still do this sometimes if a crisis occurs, but on D-Day, he, th- he prayed this on the radio. Almighty God, with thy blessing, we shall prevail over the forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogance. Lead us to saving our country. Thy will be done, our almighty God. That doesn't sound like a nation that was trying to do away with God, folks. That's who we were as a people. You know, Harry Truman, Harry Truman, who some question whether he was a believer. If he was a believer, he was surely not a committed believer. He understood He said, if men and nations would but live by the precepts of the ancient prophets and teaching of the Sermon on the Mount, the problems which now seem so difficult would disappear. And I, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, I mean, you know, it it just, the, the, the list, George W. Bush was asked who was the greatest philosopher in history. And his answer was Christ, because he changed my heart. Folks, I, I just it's time for America to wake up and smell themselves, because we stink. The reality is, folks, we have forgotten who we are as Americans. We have forgotten what our nation was founded on. The greatness of America is found in our freedoms. The God of America is the one and the only, and the true, and the living God. He is Jehovah. And if we truly want America to be great again, we must become godly again. So where are we today? Where do we stand today as Americans? I mean, you know, I think we stand in guilt. I think we stand in guilt. We stand in the guilt of um, indifference of, and, and complacency. I think we have um, stood on the sidelines for so long we don't know what else to do. You know, but I'll tell you this, God's word is true, and all you've got to do is go back and read the book of Judges, and you can read a lot of things, but read the book of Judges. We have a God that would much rather heal and restore than unpunish. I mean, God's people constantly um, went away, and things would get bad, and they'd come back, and God would forgive them and restore them, and that's still the God, what he wants to do today. That's what he wants to do in America. God, God would much rather heal and restore America than destroy America because that's the very nature of our God. But in all of those cases, it's one of those things that's a conditional thing. You know, one of the verses that you've all heard at some point in your life, you know, is, is the verse out of 2 Corinthians. It says, If my people which are called by thy name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Folks, the solution is not in the White House, the State House, or the Supreme Court. The issue and the solution is in my house and in your house. You know, I, how can I quickly give you five practical things that, um, that the Bible says that we've got to do if we're going to make America great again? I'll start with the, the hardest one, the most painful one anyhow. 
Um, it says we have to pay for the government. I know it's tax season and all y'all are just, some of you might have got refunds so you're not too, too panicked. But, you know, I, I've, had, uh, I've had Christians tell me, but, but look, preacher, I mean, the, the government's corrupt and, and they're pagan and I don't want my money going for there and, and I'm going to do everything I can and, and cheat the system and not pay. Tax. Look, let me remind you who was in um, power in the government when um, Jesus walked on earth. It was the Roman government. Doesn't get much more pagan and much more corrupt, much more evil than the Roman Empire. I mean, that's just reality, you know. But you know what? Jesus paid his taxes, and if Jesus paid his taxes, we ought to pay our taxes. And I don't know what you're saying, but it's unfair, and they waste our money, and they don't use it wisely. And I agree with all that. And we need tax reform. But if you and I agree with um, Romans the 13th chapter, then um, pay your taxes and quit whining. You know, I, I just you know. The second thing it says from a practical standpoint is we have to pray for our government. We have to pray for our government. Um, Timothy, and Paul writing to Timothy says, I urge you first then of all the requests and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authorities that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. That verse doesn't say that you get to pray for them if you um, voted for them. It doesn't say that you get to pray for them if you um, like them. It doesn't say that you get to pray for them if you're encouraged by what they... It says pray for them. It says pray for them whether you like them, whether you don't like them, whether you agree with what they're doing, whether you don't agree with them. It says pray for them. And you know why it says pray for them? It's because what else the Scripture says. <laughs> the Scripture says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water, and he turns it wherever he wants Folks, if as um, God's people, we will pray for our leaders, then God will move them wherever he wants to move them. And he will respond to the prayers of his people. I'm afraid we have failed to do that. It also says we need to praise our nation. We need to praise our nation despite all the problems. U.S. is still the greatest place on planet Earth, and we need a revival of good old-fashioned patriotism. You know, I'm just... It, 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 it is. It's frustrating to me. I, I suspect God is tired of hearing all the complaining about um, America. Uh, you know, it just, it's time that we praise God for the nation we have and start living in such a way that we demonstrate that we love America. We have to participate in the government. And I'm not sure exactly um, what that means for me personally at times, and I'm not sure exactly what that means for each of you individually, but um, I just tell you, folks, it is inconceivable to me that God would ordain a government such as he has and then tell his people to stay out of it. I, that, that, just, that goes contrary to any logic, and my God is a God of logic and order, and so I just, that, that just does not fit. You know. And so it is our Christian duty to be informed and to get involved. You know, Shame on Christians who pledge your allegiance to the flag and then won't take any action to support it. Shame on Christians who pledge their allegiance to a political party instead of godly principles. You know, I just participate in the government. Lastly, persuade the government. She said, well, preacher, I can't persuade the government. I'm only one person. You know, how can I make a difference? I feel that way sometimes. I feel that way, so I suspect you feel that some way at some time. But I have decided this, and I know this. For the most part, public policy is shaped by public opinion. Public policy is shaped by public opinion. It's not what they put on billboards. It's not what they run on TV. 
Public policy is shaped by public opinion. And public opinion will only be shaped in the right direction when the word of God touches their heart. You know, I, I guess I've talked a lot about politics and political freedom. And, but understand what's most important. It's spiritual freedom. You know, if America is going to be great again, we must seek to be godly people. John tells us in plain English, as God's people, what we're to be. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will, will set you free. You know, I want America to be great again. I want America to even be greater than it was. I, th I know sometimes they bar if we could just go back to the 50s or if we could go back to the 60s, you know. We really need to go back a lot further than that, folks. You know, it, it's sad that Abraham Lincoln wrote, we've prospered so much we have forgotten God. And folks, we continue down that downhill slide. So I guess my challenge for you today is um, I want to encourage you to stop worrying about America. <laughs> Quit worrying about America. Start worrying about yourself. Make sure you're saved. You know, you, you witnessed two this morning that testified to the fact that they weren't saved, but they have become saved. You know what? That's the beginning of making America great again. Yeah, I'm convinced, folks, if we could baptize a few hundred people every week at um, Live Oak Baptist Church, you know, Watson would be the same place in just short order. Can you imagine what happened if that happened all around our country? Our nation would become great again. And it wouldn't become great again because somebody um, sat in the house and voted on something or did something. It'd become great again because we became godly again. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you know Christ. Because I'm equally convinced if you know Christ, you will have a desire to grow in Christ. And those that grow in Christ become godly. And godly people will change our nation. I will stand by the fact that I've always been told it really is as simple as A, B, C. People need a Savior because we're all sinners. Until you realize you're a sinner, you'll never search for a Savior. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is God's Son who died on the cross, shed His blood, gave His life as the full and permanent payment for your sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God that rose from the grave, defeating death and sin once and for all. And Jesus Christ stands ready to forgive your past and your sins if you'll simply ask. But you have to come and confess that you've asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and found forgiveness and receive the eternal life that he offers. Enjoy the freedoms that you have. America is the greatest nation on planet Earth. But as you enjoy those freedoms, remember that they came at a high price to others. They may be free to you, 
to came at a high price. The cause for spiritual freedom may be free to you, but it came at a high price too. The very life of the Son of God. Let me close with the remark that Jacob told me as I was standing in the back with him. Because it's as profound as anything I can say. I came to the understanding that I had not made a choice. And not making a choice is making a choice. Folks, a lot of us keep saying we want America great. But by us failing to make a choice, we have made a choice. America will become great again when we as God's people become godly people. Father, I love you and I trust you and I thank you for the truthfulness of your word. Father, um, sometimes it's just right there. Father, sometimes we don't like everything it says. But Father, it's always right. So Father, I just pray today that... Um, Father, as we gather here, that, that, Father, once more we'll quit listening to all the rhetoric and we'll quit listening to all the, 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 the people on TV and the news media. And, Father, we'll just ignore all of that, that, that noise. And, Father, we will listen to your small, still voice. Father, as we listen to that voice, Father, you'll convict us of sin. Father, you'll show us areas in our life that... Um, that that aren't the way they should be. Father, that can be a whole multitude of things, Father. Um, it can be the way we talk, the way we dress. Father, it can be in, a, in our financial stewardship. It can be in our giving to, um, to your work, Father. It, it, it manifests itself in all kind of ways. Father, but um, sometimes as your children, as your people, Father, we think we can skirt the issue and we think we can um, just not quite um, have to follow follow what it means to be godly. But Father, um, godliness means that we um, desire to have a heart like Jesus. Father, I hope that's our prayer. Father, I hope that's our desire. Father, help us to be godly. Because Father, as we become godly, America will become great. I love you and I trust you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, Every day it's a privilege when God lets me stand and open His Word and share His Word. Um, I'm concerned about a lot of things, folks. But God has just, um, in many respects, um, freed me of a lot of those concerns and says, look, your job is simply to be obedient to me, be the godly person I've called you to be, and let the rest go. I'll take care of it. That's what He calls us all to be, folks. I pray that you'll be the godly person that God has called. Maybe you're here today and, and you know, and you just happened to stop by and came in and, you know, you didn't know what to expect and this isn't what you expected. That's okay. It's what God sent today. There's a reason for it. Maybe you need a church home, a place to call home. The reason we have the invitation at the end of every service is to give you the chance to come join with brothers and sisters in Christ that love Christ, that that have a, a, a true desire to make a difference in our community. Come join with us as we seek to do God's will. Maybe you're here today and you've never made the choice. And 
not making a choice, you've made a choice. You either accept Jesus or you reject Jesus. There's no other choice. What will you do today? As we stand.